Hello and welcome to the Marketing That Matters podcast, casual conversations for purpose-driven women. Each week we'll talk about what's grabbed our attention, productivity hacks making our life easier, and chat about a purpose-led brand. This week we're talking about embracing influence and how to make the most out of your influencer marketing. We also discuss organic versus paid social media strategies, and we respond to a listener's question. Our brand this week is the Headspace app that's taken the world by storm. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Alicia, how's your week been? It's been so good. I am actually buzzing from people's feedback. I just love hearing that people are listening and it, it catches me off guard a little bit. Like I was at a shoot yesterday and someone on the shoot said to me, oh, I've listened to your podcast. And that just really, it when I'm going about my day, doing my work, and then suddenly the podcast has popped into my day and someone gives me some feedback or at least says they've listened, it just really makes me happy. And I, yeah, enjoy hearing about what people found interesting and what they'd like to hear and yeah I'm loving it yeah I've found the same um my mum said her and my dad had a conversation about one of our topics um on the niceties and emails and I just Uh, found it interesting that we're other people having conversations about the same thing we are as well so hi mum anyway (laughs) (laughs) so what's got my attention this week campaign brief WA ran a great article on influencer marketing A lot of people think you pay someone to promote your product and then bang, your sales are going to go through the roof. Unfortunately, this isn't the case. This article talks about influencer marketing requiring a real proper strategy behind the scenes. So embracing influence requires a healthy balance of paid, owned and earned media. What's the difference between paid, owned and earned media? You might be wondering. Let me just go through it quickly. Paid media is anything that involves an exchange of money with a third party. So any type of advertising. Owned media is anything that your brand owns the rights to, things like your email lists. And earned media is publicity as a result of content that is voluntarily shared and that doesn't require any payment from you. This article had Soma Swimwear as an example, a local brand that got their swimwear into the Kardashian Jenner clan, plus many other celebrities. But the owner talks about their amazing reach wouldn't have amounted to much if they didn't have a strategy behind the scenes. They said the first time Kendall posted herself in Summer Swim, she was doing the viral bottle cap challenge. It got picked up everywhere. The Daily Mail, Vogue, Elle, Cosmopolitan, it just took off. So I think this was really interesting that uh, they obviously provided their product and she ended up wearing it, which is amazing. And obviously the reach in earned media that that gave them was, um, I think, a tremendous amount compared to what they were used to. But what was really interesting is them going through the other things they had in place in order for that to work. So when people went to their website, they had to sign up with their email. So they were capturing all those leads. And then they were obviously using that data to create a personal experience and follow them up with email. And then they were also working at that same time with micro influencers to create paid media as well. So yeah, it was an article was a really interesting read about embracing influence and how to do that, not just simply expecting people to pay to post something and expecting a result from it. Yeah, I, I, I really liked how this article summarized this into the three categories of paid, owned and earned. And since I've read this article, I've actually seen that it's used a lot for strategies um, to, for the, the paid, owned and earned um, strategy on campaigns. So I guess we have spoken plenty of times about the paid, you know, paid and then 
the owned media obviously is your content strategy that you generally are doing on your own platforms and reaching out to your networks that are already following you and you've already got their data. And then the earned media is something that I'm really interested in talking about because earned media is where you've actually got some awareness through other channels that aren't your own. So people are sharing your content. Now, this is fantastic because usually, depending on how you've gone about it, you can actually get a really good value Mm. because if you are connecting with like-minded businesses or your customers and they're sharing to people that are also then there for your customers, you're able to reach further than you were able to do with your own owned media. Yeah. But I liked how they actually used another term here, Jade. Um, um, We're loving our acronyms. (laughs) But there's another one. Oh, my God. We need to make like a list of our acronyms on this podcast. But it's called UGC. Did you see this? Yes, I did. Yeah. User-generated content. So it's it's an integral part of the digital strategy. User-generated content is also an integral part of any digital strategy, which is it is. We talk about testimonials all the time. So using content from people using your product or service and then posting that. So UGC is definitely something to keep in mind on your strategy, making sure you've, you've got some kind of UGC. I can't believe I'm now using another term (laughs) to talk about. Yeah. I really like that you want to bring up that point about the earned media because I think that's the piece that people forget about. Mm. Um, And I think the user generated content also UGC as we're now calling it is um, a really crucial part to to get some of that earned Mm. media and there are a few people that we've talked about on the podcast before that do this really well is frank body and how they've got all their testimonials and we talked just the other week about kayla it signs and the sweat app using their customer testimonials really well as well so i think if you want to have a look at those two brands there two that are doing the user generated content really well and I think a lot of businesses need to keep in mind um, is having a strategy on how to incentivize your community to create that content. Yes. Yeah, so I've got a good one for that. Oh, great. Um, Pringles in April last year. So you're, now if you think about April last year, we were like right in the thick of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So Pringles launched in, in Europe the their TikTok um, campaign, which essentially was um, a filter that, that they actually rolled out into Snapchat and Zoom as well. But it was creating a dance challenge that you could use the filter on of this Pringles filter to create your own dance. And you can they've got you can look at them all and they're quite creative. And this actually went gangbusters. So people were just excited to have a new filter. And the TikTok um, at the time of posting the video had received 230 million plus views with more than 87,500 participants sharing 151,000 videos. So this is just a filter that Pringles have then promoted as well, saying um, the campaign was called Play With Pringles. And they say, fun has always been at the core of everything we do at Pringles. And that's exactly what we want to offer people while they are virtually connected with friends now that they can't do it physically. So the challenge was for fans to be creative with the tube or chip through dance, force perspective, comedy, music, or anything else totally insane. Fans could do also use a Pringle 3D filter, working on TikTok, Snapchat, Zoom, Skype, and Pringle stickers for Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So this is just a fantastic, clever way that they have inserted their brand into an already online culture, and people people loved it and had lots of fun with it. So this is an earned, earned campaign and something that isn't that hard to generate. You just need to, people just need to, I suppose, start using it and away they go. Yeah, that's amazing. The other thing that they said was important in that earned media is investing in gifting. 
Um, obviously, if you gift to celebrities or people of influence or niche people that are heavily related to your product or service might seem like a waste because you would gift it and you don't know if you're going to get anything in return. But they said when that moment does come that someone, you know, wears your product or uses it, the rest of your strategy will kick into gear if you've got everything else in place and your brand will be able to capitalize on that new reach and exposure straight away. And I think that's what they were saying in their case. If they didn't have, you know, their email list and their content already set in stone, the reach they got from those Kendall Jenner posts or when she wore their swimwear wouldn't have had the same effect that it did obviously on their revenue. Oh, so can you just say that slowly for me? So they were saying that, Obviously, they had their person like capturing all their emails on their website so they could give them a personalized email experience after people had been there. So, after Kendall Jen had posted, yeah, so they already they're saying that they already had this stuff in place, set up, sure, yeah. So, when a few of their um, celebrities did actually start wearing their swimwear that they had gifted, obviously, a while ago, yes, they already had the right things in place to capture and, and then keep capitalize, hold of. Right, yeah, right. So, otherwise, that reach that they the amazing reach they had might not have led to that increase Mm. in revenue for them because Mm. they didn't have, if they didn't have those things already in place. Mm. And they also said the power of influence. So there is a level of authenticity that determines success. And Mm. I think that's really interesting as well. We always talk about being as authentic as you can. I'll read a quote from the article. If people are trusting you with their time and money, influence exists. Therefore, all brands, even yours, have a level of influence. It's about trust. It's about caring. It's about connecting with people in the right way. Yeah, and often I find it interesting when I speak to a, cus- a client and they know the people that buy off them, but then when they talk to me about how they're marketing, they're marketing to this ideal person who's actually not the buyer. And that can happen too with influencing because mm-hmm. they almost think their brand should be in a certain place. So they go try and find that certain person and then but they're not actually connecting with the people that are the buyers now. Mm. And unfortunately, if you keep trying to be aspirational, you will probably keep missing the mark. So it's best to go to the actual audience now and have the end goal as that aspirational person, but don't Mm. aim too high. Go find a niche market of the actual customer and use those types of people. Yep. What's got my attention this week was a listener actually asked how to grow your social media following if you're a small business. So what I wanted to look at today was not so much trying to increase those numbers, but how to find your ideal customer. And to do that, I'm going to reference an article by Smart Insight, understanding the role of organic versus paid social media strategy. Now I wanted to start with the difference between organic strategy and paid strategy. The more popular these platforms become, the harder it is to get away with a purely successful organic strategy. Because the platforms are just set up to make money and want your dollars, let's just say you have done all your research on your target market, you understand exactly what your content resonates with and the best way to convert them and you know when they're on the platform. You post that photo that and or that caption and expect all your followers to see it. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case. Organic reach isn't what it used to be. In marketing, we throw around the term pay-to-play model, and that's because these platforms are set up to make you do exactly that. You need to pay to play. I want to break down these strategies in the article, and we can then discuss what we've had success with. So the article talks about listening, learning, and responding, 
creating conversations based on a unified thread, using social media for content marketing, micro-targeting people using paid social campaigns, and targeting based on interest, social media remarketing, and lookalike audiences. And then an additional tip that's not in the article, but I wanted to talk about was um, combining paid with email marketing. So Jade, <laughs> I know we just spoke at the first, already a little bit about social media, obviously in, the, in your um, topic, but what do you think about this? So um, the organic versus paid media. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I'm sitting here nodding as you're talking about people tend to think if they jump on social media and they get 100 followers, that 100 followers, those 100 followers are going to see every post that they do, every story that they do, every video. And it's just not the case anymore. These platforms are trying to make money off you. Um, and it gets, I get really angry about it. But anyway, <laughs> moving on, um, I think it's interesting that the role of organic and paid has changed in that unless it's a new platform like TikTok to and LinkedIn to an extent, the level of organic reach that you're going to get is not a lot. Like on Facebook and Instagram, the level of organic reach that you're going to get, no matter what you do, is not going to be a lot. Mm. You might get more on the newer platforms mm. where there's less saturation, I suppose. And they're trying to encourage you to spend more time on those and show you that you'll get a lot of reach from them. So yeah, LinkedIn yeah. especially right now is really getting behind businesses. Yeah. yeah. You get a lot of reach. I think depending on what platform you're looking at, to increase your reach and visibility, paid sometimes is a must if you're going to want to reach a massive, I, I highly doubt that you're going to reach a huge level of success with a solely organic strategy on something like Facebook or Instagram. But if you are on, say, LinkedIn or TikTok, I think you have more of a chance utilizing just a solely organic strategy and less reliance on paid stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, if you're thinking that you're going to be able to grow your audience completely organically without spending a cent, it's going to take you a lot of time Correct. and you need to know you need to know the hacks. We know a few hacks yeah. that we can help, but essentially that you really do need to um you do need to be able to invest some money in it. Yeah, I'm and I'm not saying it's impossible. Um obviously people do it. Um I'm just saying it's going to take you longer. Um and it's it's going to be harder to get results basically. Mm. I'll read a quote here. Social is no longer just about conversation and content. It's now an established channel for customer acquisition, remarketing, and engaging existing fans, customers to support retention programs. Now I've got some stats. Nearly half, 46% of social media users are already using social social platforms while thinking about making a purchase. 40% of users are actively deciding what to buy based on what they have seen on social media platforms, including reviews and recommendations. And this is only set to grow. So if you needed some convincing as to how to split your budget up in marketing, there it is. Yes, you need to be on social. (laughs) Yeah, and you need to be investing. Let's look at some of these ideas that they're talking about in terms of um, organic social. I think listening, learning and responding, I think that's something that we've adopted quite Mm. a lot with our social strategy. Would you agree Mm. in terms of engaging with our audiences and people in the industry? Mm. Yeah, well, listening, learning, responding is, I guess, what... Look, I'll talk about Instagram, um, but Facebook, it's the same. They want you to do this, right? Because this is how they want the app to be used. So they want you to be engaging with um, with other accounts. The more you're on their platform, the more you're engaging, then they get, then everybody wins. So essentially, the more you can engage with your customers, the better you will be seen by those. So therefore, searching hashtags and finding 
um, and I suppose this first point actually is only speaking probably about your your core, listening, mm. learning, responding, and we talk about micro-targeting people later on, but actually talking to all your followers and things and getting them to respond back to you, so asking questions and um, putting doing polls, those sorts of things are going to help the algorithm. So I would say twice, three times a week, making sure that you have something that your customers are responding back to you about, that will help your um, account be seen and have them you f- further up with the algorithm. I just wanted to point out in this article is they make a really good point. If you're not responding effectively on a personal level to inquiries and complaints, then adding a paid program may attract further criticism. So make sure that as well as talking to people, you're actually responding to everyone who contacts you, comments on your posts and things like that. So if you do something paid down the track, people aren't coming to your page and thinking that they're not going to get a response from you. So creating conversations based on a unified thread. Now that is definitely searching for unified, um, like-minded um, topics that you could possibly talk about. So say for us, for JNA marketing, we can look at a social, we could do this. We could look at social media threads and hacks and people talking about what the latest hacks are in 2021. We can comment on that and have conversations with other like-minded businesses. And that helps our account. You have anything else on that? Yeah. And um, I think they had a great example in here is in um, using a hashtag for a specific conversation. So if you can create a hashtag for a specific conversation you want to have with your customers or the industry um, to to come up with one. Yeah. Yeah. A unique one. Using social media for content marketing, which I think is what most people are doing. So that one's that one's just the same. But that's, I guess, where what we're trying to do here is trying to extend that reach to then therefore extend your followers, which was the listener's question to us. So keeping that content marketing sure, probably looking at more of a um, engaging content marketing strategy. So you can do the what we, the points we just spoke about. So making sure that you're able to create conversations, um, create that engagement um, a bit more. And the next one was micro-targeting people using paid social campaigns. So targeting based on interest, which is definitely making sure your hashtags are niche enough to be able to target them. Social media remarketing. Yeah, so for people who don't understand remarketing, that involves marketing to people who have, um, say, already visited your website before and then promoting content that they've seen on your website before or the product or service that they've visited. And you can definitely do paid versions of that. There's lots of remarketing for paid. Mm and lookalike audiences. So lookalike audiences is a good one. And that's probably one um, that I would consider one of our hacks because lookalike audiences is pretty much finding an audiences that is your ideal audience and then going and engaging with that. Yeah. So um, for paid campaigns, you can actually upload a customer list into there and they target lookalike audiences. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do it yourself as well, but it's obviously a lot more time. Yeah. As in an organic way to do that. Is to, go, yeah, is to go yeah. find a similar like-minded businesses, yeah. look at who's following them and then engage with all those people mm-hmm. either by following them, yeah. commenting on them, so um, liking something like them. So that's a lookalike audiences. Or you can, yeah, paid, paid and then search for the lookalike audiences. Yeah. yeah. I hope that answered your question, listener. Yeah. <laughs> and um, please don't try and uh, – I would say please don't look at the followers 
we don't even bother looking at followers because I know that followers isn't what counts. It's about your engagement. So insights and the insights, if you have a business account on Instagram or Facebook, you can actually look at all your insights and that is the winner, not the how many people you're following. If you can, if the more people you can engage with, the better because people could have accounts with thousands and thousands of people. And I can tell you their engagements would be in the one, 2% sometimes if they're not doing good engagement. So it doesn't matter if you have that many followers, if your engagement's not well, good. So that, that'll come. But this is this is better off to, to get this practice right first. Yeah. Um, I just want to chat more about content. Just make sure you're focusing on just providing your customers with value. Yes, you want to promote your product as well or your, or your service, but make sure you have the number of posts that you post about your product. Make sure you have just as many talking to your customers about how you can add value to their lives some way that's related to your product or service. Yeah. And I think if you're struggling with what Jade means about that, I would go listen to Gary V's podcast because you can go way back into his podcast. Like right now he's, he's, he's been going for a long time and he produces a lot of content. But if you go back to the early days of that podcast, he's so Gary V V E E you'll be able to, um, he really talks about adding value and he now throws in, it's okay to ask for a sale because I think so many people got used to adding value, adding value, adding Never value. Asking for <laughs> Never a sale. asking for a sale. And then people would come to his shows or call in and yeah. be like, so when do I actually make money from all this added value I'm giving mm-hmm. everyone? So now he says, you know, 95% value add and then 5% ask for that sale. So if you look at your, your content strategy, you should be giving value more than you are asking, but then finish with asking yeah we'll link to some of Gary V stuff so you guys can check it out um and the other thing I want people to remember though as much as yes we do need to focus on social because it's where everybody is I just want people to remember that you don't own your social media following good one so always 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 have a strategy in place to get your followers off the platform so off Facebook off Instagram and into your own database because We've seen it time and time again, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other social media platforms can change their algorithms tomorrow and less than half your audience will see your posts going forward because they want you to pay to reach those people. So, and like, look at the, um, what's just happened recently with Facebook and the Australian news. So if you're an Australian news business, all of a sudden your, you know, your accounts are completely gone. So always make sure that you have a strategy in place as well as you have a social media strategy, have a strategy in place to get those people, incentivize them to get to get them onto your email lists or get them into another way or another form of contacting them, not just through social media, social media. You don't want to be solely reliant on your social media followings to contact your customers. Yeah, it might seem like a bit of work to set up, but mm. it'll be worth it in the long run, and it will just become second nature that you've you have um you have all your database ready to ready to go in case something happens to that yep. Instagram account. Yeah, I mean you should be using that them anyway. If you look at the conversion rates over email versus social, email is actually higher. Mm. Um, but so you should be doing both of those things concurrently. But yeah, I don't just want people to just focus on social. Just make sure you're getting them off there and into your database as well. Less stressed, more resilient, happier. It all starts with just a few minutes a day. That is our brand for this week's opening line on their website, the Headspace app. It's a guided meditation for everyone. Wellness apps are truly having a moment, and one of the leaders is definitely this brand, Headspace. If there's ever been a brand that understands its customers' need for digestible snippets of value that can help go about their everyday life with a clearer mind, it's this brand. 
Andy Pudicombe and Richard Pearson are the co-founders of the Meditation Headspace app. Andy Pudicombe spent 10 years as a monk prior to developing the Headspace app, and it was after a series of tragedies that sent him his life in a completely different path. Now, I'll get into that a bit later, but Jade, what do you think? Have you used it, and what do you think about their purpose? Yeah, look, I used it back in the day, a long time ago, when I I suppose they first came around, and I think it's fantastic. Like The product itself, what they created, wasn't really out there. Mm. Um, now they have quite a few competitors, but they, they didn't at the time. Mm. They were just trying to make meditation more widely available and more mainstream and educate people about it. And they've done an amazing job. And just the other week I saw they have um, like a, a documentary, I guess, on Netflix about oh. Headspace 2, which I cannot wait to watch and yes. I've not watched it yet. Um, so I think they've done an amazing job at I, like just from what I've read about them. I think their purpose is just obviously – bringing meditation to more and more people yeah. um, and making it more easily digestible for people to understand. So mm. as well as getting people to meditate, they want to educate people on meditation as well. And I think mm. they've done an amazing job at that. And just the fact that they have a Netflix special, I'm just, yeah. I know. <laughs> they've done so well. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, just some little app, you know, it's just this little app. Well, <laughs> it's been downloaded more than 54 million times around the world and has an annual revenue to be close to $100 million. Amazing. Probably American, to be honest. So <laughs> $100 US dollars, yeah. I'm gathering. Um, 82 million pounds. So, yes, this is a huge app. Now, this app, I think, I think all wellness apps have taken a huge spike this year. We've spoken about the different industries that have benefited. We spoke about um, the the toilet paper brand like quite a few months ago now they obviously spiked but of course wellness apps spiked Mm. it says employees who participate in corporate wellness programs do report more job satisfaction and higher levels of happiness but there's there's as much if not more research that suggests that our fixation on our smartphones contributes to headaches bad posture fatigue depression and anxiety Wellness, the way our culture chooses to define it, has become synonymous with productivity and self-optimization. But wellness isn't something that can be downloaded and consumed, even if the constellations of sun-drenched photos on your Instagram feed indicate otherwise. So there's definitely some pushback as well about being able to get wellness from your phone. Right. But, however, we haven't really had a choice the last year because Mm -hmm. we've all been inside. So I think... Um, corporations definitely um, signed their signed people up. I think mm, this year, yeah. rather than you know doing other wellness things for their yeah. employees. So Smart. lots, so mm. lots of um, corporations have jumped on. Not necessarily this one. That could be Calm or others. Yep. I think um, what they did really well, which I was amazed to hear, is that during the COVID nineteen outbreak. I'm not sure if they're still doing it. I think this was last year. But in the US and the UK, people who had lost their job were able to register for a free subscription on the Headspace app. Wow. So I thought that was amazing. And then they also launched six meditations aimed to directly deal with emotions such as experiencing job loss or financial stress. Mm. So it's a great example of purpose marketing done right because their purpose is to help, you know, empower people through meditation. Mm. So 
if they're giving that away for free for the people who need it most, then they're really delivering on that, which was, yeah, so amazing to see. What I like about it is um, I have gone and looked at the app. I haven't properly used it religiously, but I've used it over time, like um, looked into it. And what I really like about the app is it is for everyone. Like there is so many different um, – it's, it's the language. Because the language is for everybody, I've actually – it's actually allowed me to recommend it to people mm. that would not usually be open to this sort of thing. Yeah. And I just love that it's so easy. Like it's, 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 it's almost like not discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. Depend, like it's very, very – how to explain it? The language is very – basic in a way like approachable approachable yeah yeah yeah. basic's not the word they don't because meditation can be um you know some people can find it too spiritual or things like that but this is takes a more really practical logical approach to meditation which i think a lot more people can relate to yes yeah which is helpful yes exactly and and they're just giving yourself exactly what the app is called that headspace like giving yourself Mm. just a minute to to try and shut down all those thoughts in your mind can only benefit someone so so the more people that can start practicing this the better and they've definitely taken that approach yeah i really like the way that they've gone about their partnerships so um i was reading that they've partnered with snapchat so they they've brought quick meditation sessions into the snapchat app which is amazing um plus some extra in-app features and then they've also partnered with Sesame Street and created monster meditations, which I think is amazing. And then they've also had a partnership before with Nike about, um, I think it was like making a, med- a running session, medita- how to make that meditative, I think that's the right word. Um, so I think they've done really well at partnering with the right people to get to some of those markets that were obviously harder for them to reach on their own. They've done a really good job at that. I think I might have to download this app again. When you're sitting in front of the TV, give yourself 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and not even that if you don't have the time, to engage with your followers. This will make a huge difference in, your, in the algorithm and will, you will notice the difference with how many people are engaged with your content. That covers it for this week. Make sure you leave us a review or follow us on Instagram at Marketing That Matters Pod. We love a chat. Thanks for listening to the Marketing That Matters podcast. <laughs>